It's time for the Friday recap. It's also my one year anniversary here on the network. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and my special guest, Lefty Lehman, for the weekly recap. Chris Michaels is on sabbatical right now, enjoying island life, but he will be back with us next Friday. But Always willing to come onto the show and help me out is Lefty Layman. Lefty Layman, welcome back to the show. It's been like three weeks since you've been on, maybe even a month. We've missed you. Welcome. I know. I feel like the throne is too big for my little liberal ass to fill in with Michael's gone. I can't. I I don't know. I'm going to do my best, which... You know, everybody just bear with me, all right? Well, you just got to say words like lovable fuzzball and call <laughs> people that because that's what Michael uh, Michaels calls everyone, lovable fuzzball. So, you know, just get his rhetoric down a little bit and we'll be good for today. That sounds like a plan. Awesome. Well, just a few th- housekeeping things. Make sure you're going over to America uh, out loud dot news. It just changed from dot com to dot news, although you can do dot com. It will still redirect you. But AmericaOutloud.news, where you can find all my colleagues' work, as well as the 24-7 America Out Loud talk radio network. Some things that I was looking up recently, uh, America Out Loud, as a podcast format right now, nationally, is ranked in the top 150 in the world of shows, which really blew me away when I was looking through. They knew we were popular, but I mean, we are outperforming Debunked with Ben Shapiro right now as a network we're out performing lots of big names that maybe you listen to as well so thank you for tuning into my show as well as this network and making sure that you help make uh these voices heard all right let's recap the week are you ready layman yeah and i'm sorry it's my voice today but let's go through it we'll do it together hey you know sometimes we got to do that let's let's start with uh economics Now, in uh, the economic report, and this is one thing that we really didn't go over before when we were starting talking, but I want to start here uh, with the story. I'm going to put the graphic up for those on Twitch as well to see it. Inflation has just dropped to the lowest level since March of 2021 as the economy uh, cools. Prices rose 3% in June compared to the year before. Now, we were seeing inflation at about 8%, 9% at the height of this. Is this signs that what the Fed was doing is working or is this a kind of a false flag right now because average Americans really aren't feeling it? How do you feel the economy is going for you and your household? Because I know for me, I still feel the squeeze. Well, here, here's what the problem is. And this is what typically happens when there is a, an inflation kind of model is that, um, yes, the prices have rose. Um, I don't know about you. I know for me, my wages haven't gone up. Nope. So, uh, yes, 
inflation stabilizing and that's awesome but that just means that it's stabilizing so that you know two dollar uh you know bottle of milk i don't know who's buying two dollar bottle of milk please don't do that <laughs> tell me where that's at though I yeah mean, i know <laughs> but, you can't get but, it for that but but, but whoever is buying that that it went up to you know four dollars there's no there's no difference in your wage because the, those things don't they're not tracking together and that's what the problem is is that the businesses increase the the cost of it but in the current system, and I think this is where Bidenomics get into that comes into play, is that that money gets pushed up either uh, up to the very very top percentage of of income earners, or it goes into the market and then it gets lost. And it's not with the the you know what um, uh, to quote a wise man: the ham and eggers are are dealing with every day. Yeah. So I, I would look at it from the perspective of even if it's rising 3%, uh, I know for most teachers around this country, they got a 2% raise if they were lucky last year. Meanwhile, month after month, we hit 8% inflation. Now we're at 3% and wages are not increasing to keep up with this cost and people are feeling the pinch. So while the government seems to be celebrating the fact that they're at 3% right now, I don't think that this is cause to celebrate right now. I want to see no inflation for a month and know that we've cooled the economy enough that now we're seeing wage growth or we're seeing market correction before I start celebrating this. Yeah. I mean, like I lean towards um, that. I want to see the inflation. I don't know how much you can control that, but what I would love to see is the lower half of the economy middle out uh, getting more uh, more dollars in their pocket instead of the profits right now going up to that that top percentage, which seems to be what the the, the issue is. It 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 seems like that that to me that while the cost of everything is going up, the only people that are benefiting from that are the very, very, very top percent of whatever that pay scale is. And that doesn't help teachers or firefighters or police officers or garbage men or whoever like is doing that, the, the jobs that need to get done. And that's where I, I agree with you. I don't think that it, it's a celebration. I'm, I'm happy that inflation is shortening and getting a little bit smaller but i don't i don't think that it, it's like the you know rah rah let, let's set off fireworks kind of deal right i mean amazon just had their prime days uh this week they on the 11th and the 12th was supposed to be their big sales i remember years past i'd go on the amazon and i'd find a couple deals and be like oh these are must-have deals how could i not order this whatsoever this year i sat there i scrolled about six hours later, I went through, looked at lightning deals. I scrolled. Finally, the next day I scrolled. There was nothing worthwhile that I was like, you know what? That is such a deal. I need that for my household. And so for me, that also speaks the purchasing power. When you look at items and there's nothing that you're like, I need that. And it's worth the money that I'm going to spend on something that's one of the biggest shopping days historically for that as a platform. That tells me that our economy is not recovered whatsoever. And I'm going to be curious to see what Amazon's numbers were on their sale day 
to see if it was anything close to what they've had previous years. I don't know if I would I would go as far as whatsoever because I do think that we've recovered a significant amount. Um, so I wouldn't go that far, but I would say that this is kind of the continuation of the trickle down economics that it started in the eighties, um, where the the idea is that if you give uh, money more money to the ultra wealthy, you give tax cuts, you give all that stuff that somehow some way that will end up in the pocket of the you know ham and egger that is doing the the regular job and i just don't that that is proven i i know i I don't think i know that that is not the way that it works what happens is is that those uh that money stays there and where you and i would go on amazon and be like oh I, i i need this or i need that and spend the money or go to a, a you know hopefully a brick and mortar and buy and buy something right. that doesn't happen anymore so uh, because there's that. not money in the pocket the, the the people that spend money are the people that are in the bottom the people that are at the top don't need to spend money what they do is they invest money and right. that never comes down to the regular joe so what you're telling me is i'm at the top because i'm investing <laughs> <laughs> no, what, so I'm look at this. what I'm telling you, everybody, everybody can invest, but I'm saying that that you're as much as you're investing, you are nowhere near that top. No, I know I'm nowhere 5%. near. Trust me, you don't have to tell right. me I'm nowhere near. So Amazon apparently had their biggest ever Prime Day over this week with 12.7 billion dollars in sales. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, inflation, as you know, Reuters here is saying, inflation hit Americans were looking for deals finally. And so they made those purchases because they thought that that was best. Um, so that leads to this next story. No, hang on. Perhaps, perhaps. But then uh, what, what, what would be a fantastic, if you can pop that up one more time, just Absolutely. for which yep. audience, yep. if you Let can me, uh... pop that up one more time. So the, 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 what should be noticed there is that it reached the biggest ever prime day uh, big amazon's biggest ever prime day boosts us online sales to 12.7 billion in that article there is no mention of increased wages for i don't know how many times you guys have seen a amazon driver who is busting their butt bringing stuff out to you let alone the warehouse people that are busting their butt. Like we have reports of Amazon workers having to not to, to stay on schedule. They're using the trucks as basically bathrooms. Like that is crazy because the profit that this multi trillion dollar company, trillion, the, yeah, yeah, company is at this point is not giving the people that are actually doing the labor that are actually providing the service to us any benefit of this immense sale and that is where as a leftist that's where i call that that's where i i call nonsense so that also leads right into this story the brown trucks ups may be going on strike now <laughs> This would be, as Yahoo Finance put out, the uh, worst in 100 years, $7 billion for a 10-day work stoppage 
would be the cost to the economy. <laughs> when we talk about, you know, the delivery of Amazon, they use UPS as one of their deliveries. You know, we, we have UPS shipments that come through Amazon warehouses. Amazon also has their own. Uh, they've, they've really done exactly what you were saying. They have a privatized system where you can become an Amazon driver. But what is up with this strike right now on the, I just think it's interesting that they have until July 31st. And here we have this huge uh, shopping season. Had they been wise, they would align this strike up right with Prime Day. I mean, they would have really hit us right in the kisser with that. Um, but why is it we can't get our delivery system, whether it's the United States Postal Service, UPS, FedEx? I feel like every few years we're going through this exact same conversation and we can't get the scene, can't get the deliveries right. Cost of stamps go up, uh, the price at UPS goes up, but yet we cannot avoid these strikes over and over again. What are we getting wrong here? From a lefty perspective, I mean, I feel like we're paying plenty, but am I missing something? Why do you think, let me ask you this, why do you think that we're paying plenty? Well, I mean, cost of gas is through the roof under Joe Biden. Um, oil prices have gone back up once again as Saudi Arabia starts putting the, uh, the grip on us. Uh, cost of inflation, the cost of healthcare is getting ridiculous. So these companies that are covering healthcare for their employees, we have runaway costs there. I know I just got hit with a brand new bill uh, for my new insurance plan at July 1st, seeing all my premiums increasing. And that is carried by all these companies. You know, we have not just runaway inflation at the stores, but we have inflationary costs in our healthcare premiums and in our insurance premiums and in our travel premiums. Uh, even our tolls on the roads are going up for these UPS trucks to be able to get from one place to another. We have runaway uh, cost, not uh, which leads to the runaway spending, uh, but not on purpose. And just we can't get away from it. So let's break that down. Um, the first thing that I, that, that I would say is that the reason that uh, it goes back to what we were initially talking about, the reason that uh, these workers are considering a strike is because they can't buy milk. They can't buy the goods. The same thing that you're facing right now, it's the same thing that they're facing. And they, they are doing a very hard job and they should be compensated for it. Now, if you want to get into um, healthcare, it's the exact reason why we should have universal healthcare because we want to offset that from the, the, from the corporate base. Like, that is it's a unique problem, but if we took that away and we put it into a universal single pair system, then then you get that off their back, and that's not an that's not an excuse that they can use anymore. Gas prices um, are going to continue to go up until we figure out an alternative uh, system in regards to how we're going to, to to power things. That's nowhere in the next decade. But that should be a long-term goal. So all those things need to happen. What is currently happening is that the for short-term profits, the these corporations are funding lobbyists to make sure that they're where they're at right now doesn't change. That's what they're doing in the system. So 
if you want to fix those global issues that you're talking about, all of those things need to change. And we need to have a government system, a governmental system that actually is talking about that instead of talking about the nonsense that is currently being discussed. Yeah, I mean, there's apparently there's this tiered wage system with UPS that the union is arguing over. They want one wage and one level for all. So if you're part-time, full-time, it's it's a little bit more just and fair. Uh, I think that we could probably do an entire episode on single-payer healthcare. I think that's a spot where you and I are on two opposite sides. So I'm going to table that for the re- weekly recap or else we won't get into all these other great stories 100 hey this is yeah. supposed to be fun you know it what? is exactly yeah, so we're, we're having we're, we're just talking about all kinds of nonsense i would love to know what that tiered system is though what what is the tiered system do you know off the top of your head so apparently if you were a part-time employee um you made a lot less than what a ups driver would be what, what is a lot a less what does that mean i i'd have to go back it was someone commenting from the union on the article but they didn't put hard numbers on it but the mm. the, the point that they were making was ups was hiring more part-time people to not have to pay the wages of the full-time right because they also want so they're avoiding the health care and that's, that's and that and, and that's the same thing like that that is a model that like fast food chains use that's the model that that so the so we have businesses that don't want to like get into like figuring out uh retirement figuring out health care figuring out any of that kind of stuff because it's easier to keep wage slaves um, because people need to eat, people need to live, they need to have a place right. to be. And that is, and you ask me why they're striking, that's why they're striking, is because that is that system is fundamentally unfair. Well, speaking of strikes. <laughs> no, yeah. Don't move on, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, speak, I mean, don't try to tap dance out of this. It, it, I mean, we're keeping it fun, right? I mean, like, yeah, if we sit no, here, we're, we're like, fine. So speaking speaking of strikes, uh, Hollywood, Hollywood Uh is having a rough go. And I'm not sure I really quite understand. Mm. We'll get into the strike in just a moment. But like there was some really good movie that came out in June called The Flash. Now, The Flash is a DC comic movie that I thought was going to make one hundred and fifty, two hundred and fifty million dollars with ease. That movie's only made $72 million since its release. It cost an estimated $320 million to make that film. It took about five years. It's got great cameo appearances. You got Michael Keaton resuming his role as Batman in that film, as well as some other characters that I will not ruin that were not in the trailers. So when people see it, but that movie completely flopped, which is bad news for moviegoers. Indiana Jones now just released after also being in production for quite some time. And that has cost Kathleen Kennedy Kennedy, her job at Disney. Now I'm not that broken hearted about it because quite honestly, she ruined my favorite franchise of all time, star Wars with that BS called the last Jedi um, that Ryan Johnson you. put together. That is an <laughs> a- abomination of Luke Skywalker. What do you and think I- of rogue one? Rogue one was phenomenal phenomenal what I, a great movie yeah, what, a, and what a great tie-in it. as a prequel i loved yeah. it um but yeah the the whole like Bring, come at it come at us switch come at us rogue one rogue That's one right. is amazing it is it's awesome but outside of that kathy kennedy she killed the star wars franchise she's done a lot of good things though but <laughs> well she single-handedly destroyed george lucas's uh vision although he started doing that with his prequels back in the 90s but you get the point 
anyway. Uh, okay. I mean, we, we can get into Star Wars. I, I think that those were made for kids, but but the 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 prequels. But uh, if you if you're asking me, if the question is why did those two films uh, not why they why they tank why they tank yeah um, I, I think that there are a couple couple reasons for the Flash. You can't have a lead star. He was in trouble, um, right? Yeah, that is that. Well, not just in trouble, like that far into the tank on um, social media and 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 just like in real life, you know, it's weird that I said social media first, but like in real life, that far into the tank that 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 he's going to be the lead for it. The other issue with the Flash was that since they um, uh, have rebranded and uh put a new person in charge of dc nobody was sure if does this even matter it's the same situation that happened with shazam it's like do i want to even go see this where marvel has done a really good job of saying like you need to like kind of amp up each level if if you're a fan you 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 can you can connect it to each of them this one was like well i don't know something brand new is gonna drop and and that's a problem um, Indy, I think Indiana uh, Jones, I think that that one faced issues because they did not have while the movie is great. And I really recommend I, I haven't seen the flash, but Indiana Jones, the Dow Destiny is really good. But the problem with that in a commercial sense was that it is too old. When I went to go see the movie, you know who was in the theaters? Old guys like me. 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds, old people that were coming out to see it. And they, um, you know, they were trying, I think they were trying to uh, the uh, rejigger from the disaster of uh, the Crystal Skull of trying to put a younger actor in to to do that. Uh, And while the movie is great, I don't know what the draw is for a younger audience. They don't. They don't identify with that. They don't know who that. They don't know the IP, is. right? Yeah. They, yeah. They have no idea what that is. So that's why those two. If it was me, that if if I was doing like an armchair quarterback at the end of the day, that's why those two um, didn't do as well as they possibly could have. Yeah, because part of me was like, is the superhero movie over? Is DC their their reign over? Although. Brendan James Gunn to redo stuff. So I believe in him. He did Marvel, you know, Mm -hmm. really well. Um, But then Indiana Jones, you know, costing her her job. And now Bob Iger is actually coming out. Now, Bob was remade the CEO uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, He was the CEO for some time, but it says Disney could. So so, so Bob Iger is this just to to recap for the audience. uh, Bob Iger, Robert Iger is the CEO of Disney. Correct which is in charge of the Indiana Jones film, which is why I brought that up. Yeah. So they're saying that they could sell their TV assets because it may not be the core of their company. Now, here's what I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that because number one, for those that don't know, like ESPN is a Disney corporation, uh, really great sports coverage. Uh, although they've had their own scandals here and there, they've done a great job. Uh, I still say ABC nightly news is one of the least biased news programs you can find on television. I will stand by that statement day and night, despite the fact that Disney owns it. 
ABC has remained a very center of the line news agency in the way they report things. I'd say ABC and CBS are like my two go-tos if I'm going to trust like, hey, these are like great journalists doing a job. So the fact that they're thinking about getting out of this as a business worries me because who's going to pick up those entities? Who would purchase ESPN? Who would purchase ABC? Who would purchase the news agencies? Because they already have enough absolute nut jobs running left and right wing type of news programming. And this puts that possibly up for sale. Isn't this concerning? So uh, I would say two things. I would say a couple of things, actually. First of all, Bob Iger, I would back forever. I think that he's one of the greatest CEOs um, that I've ever witnessed or read about. I think that he is an incredible person. I think that the other thing that I would say is that that, uh, news media likes to make a lot of hay out of may sell may that that's that's something that may who who knows um but then i also think in more realistic terms is that um Iger has always had a vision to the future and i think that what he's seeing is that the future of um the company itself is streaming so that's why he's saying that it's possible. Now, remember, they bought ABC. They had ESPN. ESPN's a huge profit generator. Um, so I don't know if when they, even when they're saying that they're going to sell TV, I don't know if that means that they would lose what your concern is, is that they would lose that control over that. I think that what they're saying is perhaps they move out of the terrestrial, um, the you know, like sending that that signal out. Maybe that they move out of cable. Maybe they move ESPN just to streaming. Um, I think that that might be the long term vision of what okay. what he's what he's considering um, uh, as a move. And I, but I don't think that's going to happen for like I would say maybe three years, five years, maybe. Yeah, I mean, we've heard rumors for some time though that Disney could be for sale, and companies like Apple are perfectly positioned with the market capital to purchase something like well, Disney I, well. Iger and, 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 and jobs met multiple times yep. for, for that deal to, to go down. It never happened because they couldn't come to a price. Perhaps, I don't know. Does Apple want to get into that game? Do as a, you know, if we had a functional government right now, do we really want tech getting into that? Like, Stepping, we already have such a media monopoly as it is. Just in the in that, do we want tech now like polluting those waters? I don't know. Like, and that's where like we've talked before about that they're a digital bill of rights. I think that as we get closer and closer to this sort of um, merging of the the tech world and what we think of as traditional sort of TV and and, and that kind of stuff, that we really need to consider. Do we want, do you want, just based on what you went through in the last week, do we want Apple, do we want Apple now controlling multifaceted networks? No. If if that would happen. No, I know. Neither do I. I don't, I I don't even want the, the current system happening. And I, and I agree with you, but that is, that that's something that could happen in the future unless we're vigilant and we come up with some sort of system to deal with that right now when i see um congress people have uh you know like hearings 
they don't even understand what Twitter is. So I like right. I have zero faith. I have zero faith <laughs> that they're going to be able to negotiate what this is. <laughs> yeah, what's what's the blue bird doing? Yeah, they have right. no idea what's <laughs> going on. All right, so that goes into the strike in Hollywood and what's going on right now. This has been going on for some time. We have the writer's strike that started, but now we're getting SAG involved in the Screen Actors Guild. Now the actors are about to go on strike over AI issues and the uh, streaming rights as far as what type of money they can make. And this is the perfect storm for the entertainment industry all happening at once. Normally we see, um, I think it's been since 1960s, that we've actually had both organizations striking at the same time. Normally one happens and then two years later, the next happens, they figure it out and time moves on. But as I was telling my students at the end of the school year, and you've worked in industry as well, you can kind of fill in the blanks for me. This is the time of year where the fall season is starting to get ramped up. By August, we need to get filming schedules ready to go. So that way we have fall television ready to roll out for audiences. With the writers still on strike with no end in sight, the actors now getting ready to have a full-blown strike, possibly by the time you're listening to this podcast here on Friday. We may not have original programming and television that's ready to be produced for an audience until November or December at the way the timelines are working. Am I overstating that? If they were to come to an agreement in August, it would probably take about a month because all the writers are stating we're not working on anything. We're going to hold, hold the line. I think it's, um, I think it's a little skewed. What you're saying is traditionally what traditionally what you said is correct, but that was when there were just basically the, 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 you know, the big four, you know, or where it used to be the big three. Now the, you know, now the big four, Fox, ABC, NBC, and CBS. Um, But with uh, cable, with uh streaming um that changes the dynamic a little bit which is a big part of why the wga is striking um and then there's also like there there's stuff that's going on overseas there's stuff that's going on in new york uh i i know like um uh the the um oh the gentleman that produces american horror story um uh i know he has shows going right now in new york um but the uh it's not quite as like everything's gonna go dark is that ryan Uh, murphy ryan murphy that's who it was i I was like i I really wanted to say ryan michaels i i I got the google search i I can't even i just think it's because i miss michaels Yeah, I, um, I I googled it. I didn't know it off the top of my head. Yeah, you're so, good. Um, but I but I know it, like like they have stuff going on. Um, so I, I don't think it's quite as like it's gonna be like flip the light switch and Hollywood goes off. However, uh, that we should be supporting we should be supporting both groups because what's happening is with the streaming and with the uh, the way it's a lot like what we were just talking about on a different scale with the, you know, with the UPS situation. Um, what's happening is the profits are being siphoned up into the network to the higher ends. And that's what WGA is really striking about. They're trying to offer um, opportunities to uh, new writers are trying to offer um, uh, they're, they're trying to get significant, like, like reasonable pay for themselves 
what they're asking for is not crazy. They should be accommodated based on, if you look at the profit reports from all of these companies, just like Amazon, Amazon just posted what, a billion dollar profit on Prime Day? Amazon is a studio. That does not filter down to the writers. So what they're what what they're trying to do is say that the basically that it's a, a coloring book and anybody can step into a room and uh, put some stuff on a piece of paper and then you have a TV show or a movie or whatever it is and that's just not the case. And the same thing is going with with the actors and what the actors are really concerned about is the AI. I don't know if we want to get into that now because the AI is where they are concerned that um, that somebody can come in and just basically... AI like, their body, do everything. That do they, everything. Their, their and, right. And that's where SAG comes in and, and says, yeah, that's... You know, I, I've been covering that on my show now for months and trying to wake people up until the story broke a couple of weeks ago that I broke out and was like, look, this person's fake. It's an AI generated image of an individual. Um, and so if anything, that should really point out the people like this manipulation is already happening. The, the actors that are concerned about it are right to be concerned about it. We are at the point where we can resurrect Christopher Reeves as Superman, take his voice and have footage that looks just like he's alive and well. And that and should not- be very concerning. And it's not just a gimmick anymore. It's not just like, hey, we're going to put this in. We're not, yeah, like to go back to Star Wars. It's not just, it's not just uh, dropping that in. Oh, yeah. When when Luke Skywalker shows up or, uh, you know, Princess Leia in Rogue One shows up and you're like, wow, that she looks just like Princess Leia back in 1977. That's phenomenal. Well, Carrie Uh, Fisher showed up in, in, and she's passed on. She showed up. Right. And that is that is what that's the concern. So like now they had her family's the, permission for right as well. The honor, but, so but, just pointing that out for people. You no, know, yeah, hundred percent. But right. but that is what that that's part of what the concern is. Is that and then also like with the AI, even for writers, like so the, the, what the concern is for writers is that they could be like, well, we can just uh you know like bleep blop bloop a friend script with an AI and and then there it is. It, it's the one with AI. Well, I think there was a story a while back. I'm not sure if I can pull it up that quickly while we're live right now. Um, But I think it was James Earl Jones. He retired from, yep, here it is. I got the article. He retired from doing Darth Vader. He's done with it. He said after this last uh, Obi-Wan series that he didn't want to do anymore, but he approved using artificial intelligence from here on out. So we will always hear James Earl Jones's voice but it will be AI that does it now. He's 91 years now. He retired from the role, but they've learned his tones. He went apparently and created uh, additional audio just so they could mimic his voice and get this ready. So Hollywood's already rolling out the fact that they can manipulate both image and voice for the future. Like Tom Hanks may still be starring in movies when we have great, great grandchildren. Uh, (laughs) That's scary. Let me bring up this quote that you pointed out to me um, that I wasn't aware of about the writer's strike. This is a, this is hardcore bullying Uh, here. It says the end game is to allow things to drag on until union members start losing their apartments and losing their houses. A studio executive told deadline 
acknowledging the cold as ice approach, several other uh, sources reiterated the statement. One insider called it cruel, but a necessary evil. I mean, yeah, that's, see, here's the thing I want to point out to people. Like I, I have friends that are successful writers in LA. I also have friends that are the other writers that are in the room in LA that aren't making nearly what that name on the script is making. They're making a teacher's salary to do those shows. Mm -hmm. They're not being compensated the same way as the main writer. They're not the Aaron Sorkins of the world. West wing, right? Everybody, have, th everybody thinks you get a Hollywood title. You're a Hollywood writer. And then all of a sudden you're living the entourage life. Right. That is not the case. It's not the case for actors. Most actors, again, I just, I, I'm going to keep bringing Michaels into this. Most actors are ham and eggers where they're, they're they, they get a, you know, a booking every once in a while and right. they use that to stretch, but then they're also doing odd jobs. So like, that is why the unions are so important. And that's why this strike is so important. Right. So we're going to get stuck with like the worst television ever reality TV. How dare you? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> How dare we are done, sir. Oh God. I had to say it. I had yeah. to, I had to get that no, zitter in before the break. Uh, I know. I know. I know. We're going to have like, I'll, 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 just, season... I'll, 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 I'll just hug my Emmys. So it's, it's fine. Season 27 of dance bombs coming up uh, next. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. So yeah, that, that's just, I had to get that zitter in on you lefty. I'm sorry. That was mm. a blast. Reality television's alive and well in this household, and I'm sure it's not going anywhere anytime. I, I believe it's called nonfiction at this time. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Manipulated reality television at this point yes. is alive and well. All yeah. right, everybody, let's take a quick break here. We've covered a lot of ground. We got a lot of big stories in the second half. We're going to talk about Joe Biden and this order that he just gave breaking news about sending our military over to uh, the uh, Europe. Uh, I'm not even sure what part of Europe. So we'll read through that together, but I'll give you some background on it and we'll get into some of those other stories that broke this week and allow lefty to ask me some info about things that I covered. What he wants to know more about. All right, everybody, you're listening to America emboldened with Greg Bolden and lefty layman here on the America out loud network. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations AmericaOutloud.com. Seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. 
Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Welcome back, Bold American. Second half of the show here on the weekly recap. We got Lefty Lehman in the house here with me, your host, Greg Bolden, on America Emboldened here on the America Out Loud Network. Now, I was saying that there was some breaking news, Lehman. Joe Biden has put a presidential action together about ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently everybody has to have two scoops tonight before going to bed. So he's the best president ever. I'm sure you're going to vote for him next time. He said, everybody has to have Rocky road because that is the road that he's paving for us. Love it. So he he issued this uh, statement. It says, by the authority vested in me as president by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America, it knows he's making this really official here, including sections 121, 12304 of Title 10, United States Code, I hereby determine that it is necessary to augment the active armed forces of the United States for the effective conduct of Operation Atlantic Resolve in and around the United States European Command's area of responsibility. All right, so further on, he goes on to uh, say, it's not to exceed 3,000 total members at any one time that are being activated. Mm. But here's the part that I like to dig into. Immediately when Mm. I see this, my first thing is, well, why isn't Congress doing this? And I got my answer by looking up sections 121 and 12304, which states that the president has the power to bring up selected reserve and certain individual ready reserve members uh, in things that are other than war or national emergency. But what he is stating needs to have support for responses to certain emergencies. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to go into conspiracy theories, because I know that that's more me, Chris Michaels, than it is lefty layman and me. But I'm going to give the facts here. One of the things that there's only two, one of the reasons he can use this is a use or threatened use of a weapon of mass destruction. The other thing is a terrorist attack or threatened terrorist attack against the United States. The results or could result in a significant loss of life or property. The guess is it's number one, because we're issuing this for our European interest of the United Mm -hmm. States. He made that very clear. What are we looking at? for a weapon of mass destruction right now in the Ukraine, Russia. It's got to be that area because he's specifically saying it's our European strategic areas and we're giving billions of dollars and we just approved cluster ammunition uh, to Ukraine as well. So, you know, looking through this, seems like where there's smoke, there's fire, but does this concern you as a citizen right now? I mean, activating 3,000 reservists? Uh, I mean, if you're asking me, like, I, I would like to back it up to that in the War Powers Act, that Congress should be the only person that can, the, the only entity that can 
<laughs> declare this sort of situation. I, I don't, I, I am not a huge fan. Like, much like when Bush, you know, did it or, you know, or Reagan did it. Like, I, I don't like this kind of behavior. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's good for the, the uh, for the country. I don't think it's good for uh, the, our military force. If I'm guesstimating on what is, and this is pure speculation because we don't, I don't think we know yet because this no. came out, what, like two hours ago, yep. three, three hours ago. Yeah. So if I'm guesstimating, um, I would say it's probably like uh, Putin has had a record of deploying chemical weapons and that would fall under the WMD kind of world. I'm guesstimating that it's probably it's not nuclear is what I don't think it's nuclear, but I would say that it's probably they have some sort of intel that there's going to be since he's doing so poorly in that war that there is a chance of deployment of some sort of chemical or bio weapon that is is going to be dropped. Is he doing poorly in this war, though? Because it depends depends what, what you look at. I mean. From some of the reports in the Ukraine right now, it, it doesn't seem like they have any of their soldiers really left, that they're pulling citizens now to fight the war, that in a lot of these areas, they're being completely decimated. And so it, I think it really depends on which I, news you're, you're reading, because no, I'm seeing I, I conflicting mean, reports on that. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what you're reading either, but like the, the, like the balance stuff, it seems to be that that at at best what can we can we agree on this at best it's been much harder than uh putin thought it would be to take over uh to invade oh, yeah. the country yeah 100%. 506 days in no one thought it was going to be 506 days right. so that's at best so just knowing the track record of this guy he launched an internal attack on his own country to get himself into power, I would guess that the reason that the troops are mobilized is that they have some sort of intel, and especially since it seems like internally, especially with you know the um, general coming, well, the general, I, I say that with air quotes, the the war criminal coming back with his guerrillas um and um and the internal strife that's going on in the kremlin it seems like now would be the time that there would be some sort like putin would 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 kind of hit the red button and say that he's going to do something not nuclear but some something that was maybe a chemical weapon maybe something like that see i see that seems to that seems to me the the reason and there's some kind of intel that's going on but this is all just we're just guessing. Yeah, I mean, we're just we're just guesstimating. I see the fact that we uh, are bringing over these cluster munitions, which Putin has already stated that if we start sending those type of weapons, it was going to escalate things. Mm-hmm. Now that we sent those, uh, I think that that's probably upset the man, and uh, he's upping his rhetoric. But we should know by the time you're listening to this show. Congress will be taking action on what exactly this is for. So from the time that President Biden acknowledges this statement and puts this out to the press, 
which came out on Thursday around 5.30, 6 o'clock. They have 24 hours for Congress to act on it and to get all the details of why it's being asked for. So by the time you've listened to this, that should be news. We don't have that news as we're taping Friday's show. Um, but later today, that should be coming out. So you want to stay close to the uh, to the tuner for that one. There's also some inner turmoil in the military, thanks to uh, Senator Tommy Tuberville, Republican from Alabama. Uh, he is holding up hundreds of military nominations because of the abortion policies and stating he wants to speak with President Biden before he will uh, remove this hold and start to approve. This is dangerous rhetoric when we're entering into a conflict, possibly, isn't it? A hundred percent. I mean, I don't, I cannot wrap my head. I don't, and I guess that, that I struggle with why the the GOP itself, or as you say, the GOP, <laughs> I always enjoy that, the GOP, but ha- hasn't um, spoken out more strongly against uh, Senator Tuberville. The, it, he's putting... He's not only hurting uh, our military in regards to readiness, he's hurting morale for a personal belief that makes or action plan makes zero sense. Like there's nothing he is not he is not um, saying that any of the people that he's holding up are not fit for for this job. He's just upset that. They are they aren't with his particular personal philosophy, from my understanding. Yeah, I mean that seems like it's pretty accurate. There, it's it's according to his ideals. But the problem is he's holding the entire military hostage for his ideals. And look, I, we've already had the conversation about abortion here on this show. The three of us, Michael's, you, and my I, we already know we're on different spots. But I'm not going to allow that argument to come into the way of national security ever in this country that endangers people's lives. Um, so in that case, I think that, you know, this is grandstanding in a very dangerous moment. And uh, I have a, a problem with this. This is, this is why Republicans get the bad rap that they get. They virtue signal at the absolute wrong time in doing things. And they deserve that bad rap that they get when they do it. You know, it's it's kind of the same way that I have a problem with people like Peter Schiff. Um, I feel like he's Adam. another grand. Or, yeah, at, I say, I'm thinking of the uh, the guy on television. Never yeah. mind. Yeah, Adam Schiff. Uh, I have a problem with Adam Schiff. The way he grandstands for the Democrat Party with Donald Trump, the same type of thing. It's kind of loves to see himself talk on the television and have their parts. What did you think about Adam Schiff getting censored by uh, the Congress? I mean, I don't know. It, it, again, it's the it, 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 currently I the, this current McCarthy led House. It's it, it's just it's the House really. So the the House is going to grant like it's it's like you said it's the it's the grandstanding of 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 what it is. I, I, it means nothing in the long run. Um, I'm I'm curious on what your thoughts are. There seems to be real problems getting the 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 Defense Act passed. I like that. Like, there seems to be real problem, and I and I would guess. I hope it's not the case, but I would also guess that there's going to be a government shutdown come September. Oh yeah, I absolutely. don't think that. 
Yeah, because they can't get the Freedom Caucus, the Looney Tunes there, on the same page. Well, I, I spoke about this about a month and a half ago, like a month ago, back in June, when this whole deadline was coming down. Uh, I, you've probably heard me say, because you, I think you said that I was basically bat crap crazy for my take on it. But I said, this thing's got to fail right now. Uh, we've got to go through the economic pain. Oh, yeah, so, that, but that's about the deficit. No, you're no, talking no, I, about the, the deficit. All, like the, you're talking about the, the the debt limit that you want to that you want to default on the that you wanted to default on the debt limit, which is which still is bonkers. What I'm talking about is that there's a defense act no, to, no, to, it, fund, to fund the military that might not pass that seems to be so, struggling. So 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 here's the problem with that, and here's where I would agree a little bit with what you call the Looney Tunes. From an anti-war standpoint, I'm not a huge proponent and fan of what we've done in the Ukraine. Uh, I do believe that Vladimir Putin's a war criminal. Uh, What he did in Ukraine was completely unprovoked. And I do believe that as part of uh, our larger um, responsibilities as a country, yeah, you need to stick up for people to make sure the borders, because God forbid that happened to us. You want to make sure other people are supporting us. But I believe what that money is all about is they want to stop this runaway. Every time Joe Biden says, I need another, you know, $10 billion to ship over to the Ukraine. They're saying enough. Let's stop the money and start having diplomatic talks. And that's the one thing that I think that I'm kind of surprised about Democrats right now is normally I always saw the Republicans. The thing I hated about Republicans was they were the war hawks. They were the warmongers, the Dick Cheney's of the world, right? There's a lot of Democrat warmongers right now that aren't going for the peaceful solution, that aren't going for how do we end the conflict between Vladimir Putin, Zelensky? How do we come to terms? And so what I see is happening with that bill, they're looking to defund the war in a lot of ways and destabilize funding for the war, to bring people to the table to have those talks. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Well, no, I I guess my question for you is, um, so somebody takes over your living room of your house and you're asking, you're asking to have negotiations. Like, let's figure this out. Maybe you can only have a, a quarter of the living room and then, and then I'll live in the other half. Well, and, that's different. That, that person would be taken out of my home in a stretcher, but I mean, that's a completely uh, well, oh, other thing. Oh, well, I'm sorry. What was that? They'd be taken out of my home in a stretcher, but not yes. because, hold on, not because my neighbors gave me ammunition and weapons, but because I was already prepared to defend myself. Uh huh. That's but, why. But, but that, but that, but that is a separate. Like, just it is. That's a separate discussion. I'm keeping and, it fun. With, with the, yeah, yeah. I know. We're, we're we're having we're having fun. Nobody's living in 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 Bolden's living room. Okay, so don't worry. Better but, not but be. That, but but that's but that's what my point is. Is how do you even begin that negotiation? Like what what is the nego- Like what like. Old Vladdy Vlad knows that he needs to not be there. That's sure. the negotiation. Get out. So what? I mean, if and and if he says I'm not going to get out, I'm not doing this. What is the negotiation? But, but do you understand though what I'm getting at as far as why that defense spending is in peril? 
it's because they're trying to say, hey, can we have people that aren't warmongers from the Republicans and Democrat Party? Because right now it's Republicans and Democrats alike that are shaking the war branches that are leading us into a World War III if we don't take really careful diplomatic actions. And of course, I'm also going hard on this, uh, the last story that we were just covering. If you're not bringing in the proper military people, you're endangering us as well. That's right. the grand thing. But the, the, the funding of this is what I'm getting at. I but, understand but, why the funding is in peril, because that might be the only way to get us to peace talks. But how, but what is the peace talk to you? Like, what what is the peace talk? What, what is a reasonable? A reasonable what, peace talk is, hey, you know what, Putin? 506 days ago, you illegally came into this country. You're a war criminal. How about you remove all troops immediately? You respect the sovereign borders once again that were established 507 days ago. And then after that, we can figure out what type of reparations need to come back to Ukraine for your acts of cowardice in war against this country. And, but, and he, and then he says, fuck off. Uh, if he so, says, yeah, yeah, I mean, so, so, and then, and then what do you do? So if he says that, then you begin the conversation. What is your terms? When's this over? Is this over? Uh, because right now he still doesn't have a stronghold as far as like, he still hasn't taken control of parts of Ukraine. He has occupation within there, but there's still a resistance in all of this. So the point is, how do we get that conversation to go? You have all this country of Russia. Respect what you have here in the Ukraine and call a ceasefire and be done with it. But and if you can't but, do that, but but, but, but fundamentally, but, you know, Vladimir Vlad believes, like genuinely believes, genuinely in his heart believes that Ukraine is part it's his. Of oh, no, he, his. he believes it's it's his. His. That, that, that that is. So that's where. That's where I don't think that it's as, like it's not as simple as just saying like like we can sit down and have a you know a chit chat and work this out because it's not oh it's not it's, like, it's not it's, a chit chat no no I, I no I, I get what you're saying I, I I'm being facetious but yeah. like it, it's not like it's not like when the neighbor has like a, a fence that is like an inch over the line of of and you're trying to work that out I guess this the, is, the problem like, is this care. the yeah. problem is this when President Z is the one saying to the world right now, we should have peace talks between Ukraine and Russia and find a way to end this and not America, not Joe Biden. That's a problem. No, well, this the reason that he's saying that is because they want a position. Z, yes, they wants, do. He wants to position China as the world leader. So that's 100. But he's obviously going to say that because he wants to get in. He wants to have that spotlight. He wants to get up into that realm. What we can't have happen is that to actually happen. Like that, can't, like that's we like that is not acceptable. So we can't be taking our lead off what China's saying. We have to take our lead off of. Uh, and I would remind you, I would remind you uh, that the last time that we let a power sort of walk their way through Europe, it ended in a global conflict. I don't want World War Three either. But I don't know with the current geopolitical system how to get out of this mess without funding the folks that are the aggrieved in this situation. All right. Well, look, I, look, there's going to be people that are more experts in this than either you or I. So I'm not going to claim to be the expert. My final thought on that is this. 
you're stating that China, that's what a world leader would want to do the position. I think that that answers the question then that that's exactly what Joe Biden and our government should have as priority number one, instead of cluster ammunitions, 3000 more troops and ratcheting up the war sirens to the point where people like Putin are going to say, well, look, now they're sending troops over. Now things are ratcheting up and use that for his propaganda. I think we're playing a dangerous game. I hope it doesn't backfire on us. Do you I think like FDR, let me ask you this. Do you think FDR um, uh, or or, or um, his predecessors made a mistake by not arming uh, uh, France or uh, Belgium or, um, you know, or, or England to more of an extent than they eventually did in the lead up to World War II? Do you think that was a do you, do you think that, that that was a mistake and letting the Germany kind of roll over the, the those countries was that was that a mistake or was that um keeping us out of war I think that the United States was slow to action in World War II for a couple different reasons one we were coming out of uh, an economy that needed to be rebuilt we were mobilizing that economy in order to support <laughs> what's that Republicans uh, well, it was a different Republican yeah, uh-huh. at the same well, time. We'll get into that you, later. You, yeah. yeah, you may not want to get into that part of the conversation. Oh, I do. I do want to get into that part of the conversation. <laughs> but, um, but continue, continue. So it, it would take time for us to ramp up our um, Europe strategy of money, right? We couldn't just march into Europe at that point in time. We were not financially sound in order to do so. And so we were working with our allies in order to create what was the plan. And this is where the United Nations comes from. This is where kind of all that post-war institutions come from, from those delayed Wait actions. Greg, are, be- are, you, are you supporting the, the UN? No, I'm not actually. I, can't <laughs> no, I, I, I already know I, that I about it, me. It felt like we were getting dangerously close. I just wanted to check no, no, your no, pulse. I, I, I wanted I'm, to check your pulse for a second. I wasn't really okay. I'm saying it was because we didn't have American readiness. Yeah because we were uh, financially not in a good spot, we needed the United Nations in order to fight back against Germany, Russia, and Japan. Uh, We needed that opportunity to be able to uh, strengthen ourselves uh, enough to fight all the different war efforts that were going on during that time period, which ironically is kind of where we are situated here in 2023 with runaway inflation, inflation throughout the world, You need allies in a global movement for the Ukraine and for Russia in order to stave off this. I'm just stating I would rather us figure this out peacefully than have the United Nations in conflict. And we're 100 percent. Yeah, we're 100 percent in agreement that that I would prefer to settle this peacefully. Um, And I would remind people that history doesn't repeat it rhymes. And that is. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the, the, and I agree with you. Um, but I also would say that being, uh, you know, like we, the, we used to say that, you know, when, you know, not, not the quote, uh, old Ronnie, Ronnie Ray, Ronnie Reagan, but the, uh, you know, like the, your favorite the, president of all time, my, my favorite is just the su- super good with the jelly beans. Um, so uh not not to like to take a, a page out of his book but it's strength uh through power and so uh and that is what i think we're tr- what, what what they're trying to do is walk the tightrope that you're saying is not get us into a like a, a hot conflict but also not let 
um, uh, foreign power completely decimate an entire continent. That's, so, I, I don't know. So my, one of my wife's favorite things that was ever given to me is I made a donation to a campaign in the Republican party uh, back in 2012, I think it was, or was it 2012? It was mm-hmm. Rand, Rand Paul. I, I donated to him and uh, I got a Ronald Reagan calendar back. And one of my favorite quotes was in that calendar in the month of April. Stop me if you've ever heard this before. It said, Republicans believe every day is the 4th of July, but the Democrats believe every day is April 15th. That yeah. was a great quote. Yeah. I mean, he, he he was an actor, much like Trump is. So yes, he was, he was like, awesome. Yeah. He, no, he, he was an actor. He was awesome. W- would just parrot whatever needs. All right. Said. So let's 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 talk about caffeine. Well, I was going to say, let's get there in one second. Before we get the caffeine, we got to get to the other favorite drug of Hunter Biden. Cocaine. Okay. Oh, talking about cocaine. We are right. I mean, it's 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 just it's very similar to caffeine in that story because (laughs) it's getting people overly stimulated. Yeah. Uh, But so we find cocaine in the White House and this story has changed more than uh, any story I've heard in recent politics. First, it's found in the uh, library. Then it's found in a room that uh, Hunter Biden was using with his laptop right before uh, they left. Then it was found in a public room that the tours go through. Then it was found in the West Wing by a staffer area. And then it was back into a public area. No one said, buddy. Bumps move, okay. You get the you go where the bump is, wherever that is. That's where you're rocking. <laughs> Look, this is what I know. <laughs> what do you this, What do you know about cocaine, Greg? Tell me, uh, 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 Greg's principal. I hope you're. I hope yeah, you're doing you, Absolutely, you can. Greg, listen to what do this you one. know? What do you know about cocaine? Uh, I know that there is a uh, certain film that was worked on in our lifetime that I refuse to work on because <laughs> there is cocaine on set. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. How's that, Layman? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I left him speechless. I love it. No, right. no, no, you didn't leave me speechless because I, I don't even know what film that is because it's everyone. So. It's, it's go, everyone. go ahead. <laughs> That's also kind of true. Yes. <laughs> so the Secret Service has concluded the investigation on this cocaine baggie. They could not find any fingerprints. They could not find any evidence of DNA. And they have no suspect identified. Uh Okay. Look, I don't want to get too far deep into the woods on this story here, but you mean to tell me the most fortified, most secured building in the entire country, the white house, you have to pat people down, practically x-ray their bodies before they can walk in for their tour. You got staffers moving in and out that they search for weapons before they're going to be around our president. You mean to tell me the the house that has cameras every which direction has logs that you need to sign into, which apparently there's cameras in all these rooms. We can't figure out who the hell this bag of cocaine belonged to. Come on. Do you buy it? Because I'm not buying it. I mean, I, I guess I to me it's just such a nothing story. So some some person or some staffer, or maybe it was Hunter. If it was Hunter, maybe maybe it's a who knows? Story. Maybe who knows? who knows? But even let's assume it's a staffer or somebody that just wandered in and had it in their coat and left it there. 
or a staffer who uh, was working for 14 hours and just, you know, enjoys a, a, a little white lightning. What's the, I guess I don't understand. Why, Here's why it matters. Here's why it matters. I'm glad, why it matters. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you're asking that. Yeah. It matters because there are people on the right that said this is Hunter Biden's. Right. Because they're liars. That's correct. They don't have the facts to that. Right. Right. You're not going to hear me say it was Hunter Biden's. I'll joke about it because it's a funny right. joke. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. But I'm not going to go and say, Hunter, you know, he was in that room with his laptop. Right. It's him because they've changed where this was located. But it matters that they can't look at the camera and identify who left it behind. Well, but you don't know that they could. They probably well, have done that. What I'm saying is they probably have done that. And what is the purpose of outing whoever that is, assuming that it's not somebody of significance? Assuming that, or, or may, maybe it was no, a even diplomat. if it is somebody of, maybe yeah, it was a diplomat that they don't want that they don't want to do. So what is the point of that? Willie Nelson and the Carter kid were up on the roof of the White House smoking weed and Snoop Dogg and Snoop Dogg. Yeah, so correct. Like, like I don't understand. Like we're talking about, we're not talking about uh, anything. My, my crazy. point is they, this: they, they, it wasn't like they found a dead body in the bathtub of the the the, the Lincoln bedroom. So, my point like, is this: so. You, you, you're not allowing me to finish the, the whole argument okay. of the writing. Yeah, I'm Hunter sorry. Biden. Continue. I was all hopped up on my coat. I, I think, I think you lefty as somebody that's, you know, representing the, the left, you would want them to say, look, it was a staffer. It's being dealt with internally. You don't have any rights, any more information. Uh, it's, it's being dealt with period. By not answering the question, which you can't tell me they don't have the answer to. I, I just refuse to believe that by not answering the question, you're going to allow all of these people that are going to continue the Hunter Biden left his Coke. He's still on Coke during the fireworks. He's taking another bump of Coke, right? Like the video that people have seen, he looks high he's out of his mind. Look, I don't know. Maybe the guy was having a rough day. Uh, maybe he was high. I don't know. But without naming, once it becomes such a big story, I think that's the problem. And if I was on the left, I'd be demanding that they say who this is, because it clears the president, it clears the president's son of any wrongdoing in this when there's already this huge conspiracy about the whole thing. And so it puts that to sleep. And the fact that the Secret Service, this just fuel, this is gasoline onto every single conspiracy. I mean, does it, though? Would, it is. Would it, no, 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 no. Hang on. No. Would it? Would it? So they say they say it's a staffer. The next question will be: the, the, We we are dealing. It's a staffer. We're dealing with it internally. The next question is going to be like: Well, did that staffer? Um, was, was that the connect for Hunter for for cocaine? Was was it he be. in the room? Was he in the room? What, what what was going on? There's no way. I understand what you're saying, and I I get in a perfect world exactly what you're saying would happen. But we don't let like we don't let the page six today ran a fart story. I don't know if you pulled that up. I did with, not. With, with RFK, pull it up. Pull, just pull this up. This is a good RFK one. Jr. Right? R RFK, RFK Jr. The guy's trying to run a serious campaign, and there's a fart story on page six in the New York Post. Uh, Wednesday, the New York Post page six published a piece that already seems destined to join. The subject matter is inherently hilarious. Two men got into an argument about climate change at a press dinner promoting RFK Jr.'s presidency candidacy, and one farted loudly. 
but it's Mara Sigler's writing and some strong visual choices by the post team that make it transcendent. While I urge you to read the full story as its majesty can't really be summarized, here are some particularly delightful elements. The legendary headline, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. press dinner explodes in war of words and farting. The lead to the story. <laughs> Camelot, it ain't. Page six regrets to report that at a press dinner, the booze Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s presidential campaign devolved into a foul bout of screaming and polemic farting on Tuesday nights. Look, this so, is journalism. So th this, this is, is journalism. What I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So what I'm saying what is hell? RFK, RFK Jr. is trying to run a legitimate campaign. I don't agree with the man, but the the but he's trying to run a legitimate campaign. And this is the way that he's covered. It would be no different if they came out and they said that a staffer, it, they the post or whoever would find some way to spin the story. And that's why the no comment. I, I don't know. There's no good okay. like in your in your idea. I mean, in my ideal world, with, in my ideal world, because they have not said anything, it was Hunter Biden's coke. Right, right, I, and, I, and I agree. Well, well, I, yeah, I don't know about that. The quality was off, but <laughs> did they let you taste it? it well, uh, well, just on the gums. Now, oh, but but that but like th th that's what that that was. That's my point. Is is that all right? It, we don't live in that kind of uh, press society. I wish we. we, we we got two more stories to hit, and this one that's goes. It, so Joey Chestnut has performed in the hot dog eating contest for 17 years. He's only lost once, and I'm pretty sure it's because he felt bad for the guy. He's won his 16th hot dog eating contest. He ate over 60 hot dogs. He wound up with 62 hot dogs and the buns in the 10 minute contest. Now there was lightning and thunderstorms on the 4th of July in Coney Island. And in one of the most coolest moments ever, he came out on ESPN and they said they're canceling the event. And he goes, uh-uh, you get everybody out here. We're doing this right now. It's in a weather delay. And it was an epic moment. They got the competition in and uh, congratulations, Joey Chestnut. He also has won the wing bowl in Philadelphia before uh, I actually met him during the wing bowl years ago. Um, he's not a big guy whatsoever. Like this guy is like a little bit taller than me, but he's not large by any means. He is the Muhammad Ali of our times. Like there's nobody that can do Joey chestnut. Um, you know what? Next president, not Biden, not Trump chestnut <laughs> chestnut for president chestnut for president. He hot hot will, dogs for all. That's going to be the uh, instead of he'll justice eat for up all, the competition. For <laughs> oh man, I would love to see a food eating contest between Biden, Trump, and Joey Chestnut. What would so so Trump obviously is going to go with McDonald's? Like that yes. that would be his jam. Yeah, Big Macs. By, yeah, Big Macs. That that's his jam. Biden would probably. Biden's going to go ice with cream, ice cream. Ice cream. Yep. And then chestnut is like, bring on whatever, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, bring it on, whatever it is. I'll, I'll, I'll double dip both of you. <laughs> oh God. Double dip both of you. That sounds like a good time for, for Biden and uh, Trump. So we better be careful with the, uh, the language there. <laughs> <laughs> Biden's going to be like, do I get the sniff at first? And Trump's going to be like, I've never not double dipped on anything. <laughs> That's right. Grab him by the dip. Uh, yep. That sounds about right.
Yeah. All right. So as we wrap up here this week on the recap, is there anything you heard on my show that you'd want to ask me a question about? You get two, three questions here, and then we're going to call it a quits for the day. Oh, no. I Well, first of all, I just wanted to compliment you. Um, or, or I, it's actually, I, it's more, it's less you because I don't care really. You don't care about me. No, no, I don't care about it. I just wanted to say if um, the audience hasn't um, uh, listened to the interview that you did with Soul, they really should. It was a great interview. It's really good. Um, can you plug the book just one more time? Just to tell yeah, sure. Broken uh, yeah, Joseph Soul wrote The Broken Mirror of Memory, Iraq and Other Tales. It's available on Amazon. And uh, I really meant what I said uh, on the show. It, it caused me to think about war and training in a way that I just hadn't before. And the fact that he wrote it not as a story that was completely linear. He included poems that were very like Hunter S. Thompson-esque. Um, I just found that he embraced his own brokenness and presented a take on the way we are programmed to look at war in a very, um, a very compassionate way. And it really touched me. And I was glad to have an opportunity to speak with him. Yeah. And it, it, it's a really great interview. If you haven't checked that out, definitely check that out. Um, I would, the, the, the one thing that we didn't get into is the, some of the SCOTUS rulings. Um, I disagree with you on the, uh, the LGBTQ, the, that ruling. And I, I don't know if you've pulled up this story yet, um, but there was recently a, a, a hair salon that said that they're not, uh, they won't serve any uh, uh, gay, LGBT, trans, um, and they referred them to go to a pet groomer um, if they wanted Jeez. their haircut. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so my, but, but, can, but can my I, point let is, me re- is, let me respond to that real yeah, quick. Yeah. So that hair salon, they crossed the line the moment they said, go to a pet groomer. Yeah. The like that's, that, that's, but, that's hate. That's hateful. Right? right. Like that, that's, 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 that I, that's horrible. Yeah. So but my but, point but, is, but, a, but that, that's what the, that's what that court, that, this is where I would, this is where we would disagree is that that court case opened the door for that. And then I'm, what I'm concerned about is my question would be, do you think that, that because of um, the cake thing, the website thing now this this is happening it's not a court case yet but this is happening do you don't you think that that's going to open up the door to like say a diner saying well we're not going to serve um any uh same-sex couples or we're not going to serve any mixed race couples and based on the previous based on the, the the last court ruling that that would be accepted put it yes Absolutely. I would agree with you. Will it? Very, very unlikely. And if it did, that restaurant most likely is not going to last, period. Um, the and that place that, is still open. The website is still open. The website. The website developer is still open. open. Yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. So so what I'm saying is, and then there were plenty of, of, of businesses that were super racially discriminatory um that were profitable so th- that's, that's what concerns I, I, me about that ruling i i completely understand where you're coming from yeah. i just go back to the capitalistic beliefs of the market adjust appropriately that person's never going to make their full dollar amount that they could make and at least you know exactly where they stand that they're a hateful person and so i would leave it at that um yeah. And that's an unfortunate part of that conversation, but you can't bubble wrap and get rid of everything in life when you're also trying to create 
a system that allows freedom, even when that freedom is things that you and I would abhorrently disagree with that individual about. Um, I think that the courts got it right. It's just not the feel good part of where that should be because we're not able to get rid of people's hatred in this country, right? So the how, courts how, can't how, get how, rid of that. Sorry, I didn't mean to say it one more time. To the courts can't get rid of hatred. That's the right. problem. Yeah. We, we so, can't legislate out hatred. I, and yeah, I 100% agree. But the, the core of that argument, where my question would be to you, is isn't that the same argument that before, you know, in the 1800s, the, the, that was the same argument for that uh, eventually capitalism will rule out slavery? That did not happen. No, I, I don't think that that's an equal would, foot. How, how is that not the same thing? Uh, it's not the same thing because back then we didn't have the same capitalistic system. Capitalism back then was literally built on the backs of slaves. Okay, how about Jim Crow? Keep going. Hold on, hold on a second. Let's 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 start here. Yeah. If you go down to Williamsburg, Virginia, mm-hmm. you know I encourage people to take their children there. See these it's beautiful buildings. Place. It's amazing. Yeah, amazing. Place. Amazing. Yep. When you hear the stories, and Williamsburg does a phenomenal job in helping people understand this, they say to everybody, look, these homes were built by slaves, that black people that were building these homes as slaves with no rights, living out in horrible conditions in this Virginia heat, were the engine that made everything else go in this country. Capitalism at that point in time There was not the freedom for people to choose what they were investing in because in that area of the country, it was flawed. It was flawed because there was no respect for human life. There was no right to an equal life. There was no bill of rights that all are created equal because we did not treat people as equal during that time and period. We had at that point in time, this segregation of two classes of systems of individuals. In modern society, where capitalism is now at, we know that a community of individuals, LGBTQ, uh, people of color, they can influence with their wallet, they can influence with social media posts, and it can completely change a business. It can completely bankrupt somebody, completely cancel somebody. And so that is an important turning point. It's the reason why I started there and I didn't go in the Jim Crow because I think that that is at the very beginning of it where we have a difference of people building on the backs of other people and people that are able to fondly speak for themselves. And right now we have people that can speak for themselves and the courts are saying we can't legislate hate in the way that you would like us to legislate hate, but we can help you speak for yourself We can respect freedom of speech, but we can also call out people that are really scummy, horrible people where we couldn't have done that back in, you know, 1800 when all this other stuff was going on. We're not even talking, we're talking about the sixties, the, the, like literally the the sixties with, uh, you know, there was a a lunch counter. So that's, that's where I guess you and I, like, that was why I was curious. That that was my question. So like, like the, that yes, I understand what you're saying that 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 the business owner should have the ability to to do that. But then I also like it, it seems to me really problematic <laughs> to be like, well, 
we're not going to uh like just like jim crow we're not going to so you have to go sit over here you're you you're in segregation rather you right. you had to go sit over there and y- yes we, they might um there might be there might be there might be a, a financial backlash on that but as a society that just seems like a ter- like if but, we're but, only basing the uh, basing our values on money on what is look look, on look, that. look 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 if you're gay and somebody doesn't want to make a gay cake right what the hell does that even mean anyway a gay cake a cake is a cake but that's where you and i would look at it. we're like a cake's a cake it doesn't matter who you're making it for whatever but if you don't want to make a gay wedding cake it's different than jim crow and segregation from the standpoint of it was universal you were segregated this is literally a standpoint of if you are a gay person and you want to get a cake, why would you want to go to somebody who hates you when you have plenty of other cake shops that will support that marriage that will make you a cake and have access to it? That's a little bit different in my mind than where we were back when we were segregating people in cafes and okay. on buses. But, but okay, but that but that's under the assumption like like so okay, so yes i mean that that would be the same thing to me what 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 i'm hearing that would be the same thing as like you can get a sandwich anywhere why do you have to make why do you have to eat at this lunch counter you can go down the street Uh, to no why not it's it's not because what's the difference because it's not every single lunch counter it's it's literally it wasn't could, every single lunch counter. You could go. You, you but, there, yeah. there were plenty of black-owned businesses that, that, that they could go and that, that they were able to to eat at. So what I'm getting at it, it was much more normalized. I mean, still in this country, interracial marriage, we still have people that have a problem with that in large quantities. Mm-hmm. What I'm getting at is with Jim Crow, back then, it was a normalized experience where you it wasn't this one-off shop where this was happening where people were expressing this. Now, when that type of thing happens, you can out that person much faster. You can call that person out, bring it to everybody's attention, and people can respond in kind for how they want to respond. But I I, I know what you're where you're going with it. I understand it. So I just would don't be, think be, it's you, fair to compare the two in that would way. you would you advocate then? So like the conservative, the the this I know you haven't read the story, but like the, the this hair salon um that is you know like coming out like it's the same thing that knucklehead DeSantis does um and saying that we're a conservative hair shop and that's what and and people are going to fund that that's okay because the that because like it's the kind of the reverse of what you're saying it's yes there there can be like we would be like that's terrible you're um you're putting hate on people but there also is this group that would be like, yes, that's what we want. So, you know, that that's that's the value. That's the values. I put, put that in air quotes that, that we subscribe to. That's that to me is what the issue is. And then, then that was I, we kind of like kind of went into a rabbit right. hole here. But that but that is what my issue with that ruling is, is because I think that that opens the door even more so than the previous case to those kind of things. OK, I I, I can see. I can see your point. Um, I don't know that I agree with the application on this exact thing as a a full application, but I can certainly see where you're afraid of the slippery slope of where it could lead. Um, But I'm just, I feel like we're in a different time and a different era 
of what's available to educate public. And I just feel like this isn't the same norm that it was before, but at the same time, I don't want to take like a, a cowardice way out of it. Uh, so I, I do understand where you're coming from, but let me, let me think about that one a little bit further and process that. I, I want to sit on that. This one of those moments. I think that on my show, I like to say, I reserve the right to change my mind in the future because I think your Jim Crow point is an interesting one that maybe I haven't examined enough to state that I'm an absolutes on what I want to say. My libertarian side of me sa says that my rights end where another person's rights begin. And I want to make sure everybody has equal rights, but I need to define how I feel about that in the terms of a business. So I will come back to you and I'll answer that question as I give that a little bit more thought. Now, instead so of just I, my knee-jerk reaction. Yes. So now here's here's my big question. This is the biggest one. This is the biggest one. Okay. And then we got to wrap up. Is that you and Michaels yep. every week have winners and losers? Yes, we do. Can we play one a one-off version of that a day? Yes. What do you want to do? Uh, I, I, winner, I tell me you're the host. I'm not the host. You're the host. I, I just want to do a winners are, and losers. Are you, are you, you prepared for a winner and loser? hundred percent. I am. All right. Well, here we go. Lefty layman in your words, who is the winner of the week? The winner of the week is NATO. So we had explained. Yes. We had two new countries coming in Sweden, Finland, um, and Ukraine is being uh, funded it puts uh, Russia on the, the uh, uh, back step and it will secure Europe for the future. All right. My winner of the week, <laughs> you're going to hate, but it is Twitter influencers. That's right. Yesterday on Thursday, Twitter influencers got five figure and some got six figure checks from Elon Musk. The average check was about $14,000 dropped into people's <laughs> Stripe accounts and all for doing what? Manipulating media, manipulating your thoughts on a platform. And he paid these people handsomely in order to do so. So if you're a Twitter influencer, I have a lot of respect for you for doing what you do because you just got paid. I'd be buying a Tesla with that money right now. I guess the joke's on me, but Twitter. Wait, just the big hang on one second. So you you're paying for a blue check mark right now. I have this right. You're paying for a blue check mark right now, but he's paying people that are just dropping stuff that is. I'm doing the hard work every day, and these right. people are just retweeting stuff, and I'm not getting paid. You're right, right and that's why I'm calling them the winners because somehow I got screwed. What does that make you? That makes me and all other people paying for a blue check mark that didn't get paid a loser of the week. And that is my pick for this week. You actually got what I have on my pages document for this week as my loser. So um, loser of the week is a blue check marks that didn't get paid. <laughs> How about you? What's uh, a loser well, of the week? Loser of the week for me. Um, I would say the loser of the week is um, uh, DeSantis because I don't know what is going on with his campaign. Like <laughs> he seems lost in the woods. He doesn't know what is going on. He keeps trying to like like put out statement after statement. I know he's trying to get up to New Hampshire now. He does not know. He is being completely run over. This tough guy, this supposed tough guy was going to stand up to Trump and he is getting decimated. 
I, I agree. I don't know what's going on. We actually have some comments on Twitch. So we're going to end the show here and then we'll head over to Twitch for a quick little conversation over there. Everybody, you got your winners and losers. It's going to be on at real Greg Bolden. Uh, Layman, his lefty Layman account will retweet that out. You pick winner or loser. We'll give Chris Michaels the point. If you pick lefty layman or you'll get me a point against uh, Chris Michaels, having to shave his eyebrows at the end of the year. Uh, yes. I think so that I have the same picks. Uh, so yeah, I'm pretty sure lefty layman wants you to pick mine. Uh, so winner of the week, NATO or Twitter influencers, loser of the week, blue check marks or the Santas. Hope that we've honored your time. Well, everybody. That's it. That is all. We'll be back on Monday with another episode. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and my special guest, Lefty Lehman, here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Mm-hmm.